Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mitchell Farley Wolf, and I'm here with editor at large of the Super Jump Magazine and my usual co-host these days, Wyatt Donigan. Hey, Wyatt, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, Mitchell? I'm doing just fine. I'm uh, I'm just days away from moving, and it is still stressful. And <laughs> other than that, though, not a whole lot's going on. Living a, a somewhat uneventful life right now. Um. Yeah, it's been all right. You know, I really like spending chill days w- whenever they happen, watching a Nintendo Direct. That it, it's a very exciting thing for me. It's a nice way to spend a day because you you hear about it in the morning usually, and then it happens sometime in the middle of the day. And and for me at least, I'll just be thinking about it through the rest <laughs> of the day, and it, it becomes a whole day long way to spend your thoughts. Do you mm-hmm. have that experience with Nintendo Directs at all? No, or I do, yeah, because I'm always really interested about what's going to happen. Because sometimes, you know, you have, they'll do like, you know, you know it's a Pokemon Nintendo Direct. Or you know it was like, you know, a Smash Brothers Nintendo Direct. But sometimes you're just kind of like, I don't really know what we're going to get from this. I know we're probably yeah. going to get a little bit, of, little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then, so you'd think you're just like, okay, like, what are we going to get? So you're brainstorming about possible you know, could it be Metroid finally or all that kind of stuff? And then it just kind of, uh, it's uh, it's always a fun time. It, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk about it a little more in depth later, but I definitely agree with that feeling of kind of just being, you know, thinking about it quite a bit before it actually happens. Yeah, I I, I just really love announcement cycles. I, I love to see PR campaigns and marketing campaigns follow through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even really like Disney that much, but I'll pay attention to D23 just for fun <laughs> like to me it's just, it's just fun keeping up with that stuff uh and we'll get to that not t23 but other announcements <laughs> in our hot topic today but before we do that let's start with our usual first segment the playtime report the playtime report is of course the time of the show where we talk about what we've been playing lately wyatt did you check out gears 5 I did. I played it for a little bit, you know, since and I wouldn't have played it if not for the, you know, Game Pass Ultimate or whatever they're calling the, yeah. the fancy thing. So, you know, I guess shout out to Microsoft for making a pretty cool product because, um, you know, they had the two months for two dollars kind of thing that was you going on. for. There. Yeah. So I was like, I was like two dollars to play, you know, the Microsoft's biggest release of this year, probably. Like, you know, I'll take it. Um, and it was pretty fun. You know, I played it for about a half an hour um, on the night that it came out because I was just kind of curious to jump into the campaign and just see how things were. Um, they actually give you a pretty good uh, primer at the start of the campaign. So even if you miss, happen to miss Gears of War 4, because I definitely didn't play that one. Um, I haven't played Gears since Judgment, so it's been a few years. Um, but they gave you a pretty good little previously on gears of war type thing that showed some Mm, snippets of the previous game that really caught you up and and so i felt going into gears 5 i felt like i knew what i was going to be getting story-wise and then gameplay wise they also have a really good tutorial in there um just kind of ease you back into all of the controls and all the mechanics and all that kind of stuff so it's it seems like they they really paid attention to the fact that this might be a lot of people's first time playing gears either ever or for the first time in a long time. That's good to hear. Because um, I've been considering uh, getting into Gears. I have Game Pass as well. 
so it kind of feels like a wasted opportunity to not play probably the biggest xbox release of this calendar year mm-hmm. and um yeah i don't i don't know I, i've never really gotten into it before but people are really liking this one the reviews seem very positive and uh every every person that i've talked to directly that has played it has said at least a couple good things about it so i'll, I'll definitely check it out um but maybe not quite yet because i'm working through the dlc chapter of celeste right now and it's kicking my ass it is really very hard it is extraordinarily difficult yeah um so it's called farewell and it's it 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 takes place uh about a year and a half after the main celeste campaign which is coincidentally or not maybe um, about how long ago the original game came out now and i love celeste i really really love it i mm-hmm. it, it's it's one of my favorite games on the switch it's one of my favorite 2d platformers of all time uh like it's up there with super mario world and donkey kong country tropical freeze for me it's just like really it's really tight um and and this this chapter man it's just so hard it there's a moment in this chapter where and I, I won't say any spoilers out there for anyone who's going to play it soon, um, but but you'll be faced with a moment where you have to learn this advanced technique. Um, it it's very well. I'll, I'll just say it. It's wave dashing, and it's harder than melee wave dashing. It's a it's, <laughs> it's kind of a different thing, um, and if you can't get it, you just can't progress anymore and oh wow every every uh screen past that it goes from doing just one wave dash to like that's the the point of the screen to do one wave dash Mm -hmm. to the next screen where it's can you do two in a row and the next screen is like can you do two in a row and then a wall bounce which is this other advanced technique you'll you'll have learned at that point and it, it there's no way around it like that is the way forward it is extr- it is pure linear and if you can't get it you just you are out uh which is a lot less accommodating than the base game celeste was it, yeah. it definitely ramped up to some stuff like that near the end um especially in the seasides which were these overly difficult um very short but but very technically intensive versions of the original levels and and by then and like there were eight levels so 8c was the hardest you can get that was the last level in the original game and there was some stuff like that in 8c this is harder than 8c this is harder than than anything in the original game at all um and it's much longer as well and i i'm treating this like some sort of training for what i don't know <laughs> but it it seems like that by the end of farewell i will have learned so many things and, and have become so good at just this one thing <laughs> that uh as, as soon as i finish it i won't need to use it anymore because the game will be over um <laughs> so so yeah <laughs> i kind of don't know how i feel about that um the uh, celeste the original celeste is very hard also 
Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not as hard, but it it is very hard. But I would still recommend it to just about anyone because the way it gets you to that level is so smart and is so uh, intuitive and and, and it's kind. It's kind to you. It it wants you to succeed, unlike a lot of, you know, Massacre platform games that it seems like they want to be mean to you. They want to reinforce their difficulty with emotional difficulty as well. And mm-hmm. Celeste has never been that way. Celeste has always uh, been been very kind. And the reason it gets harder is because it wants to see you succeed at harder and harder things to know that you're improving and to get you to a, uh, like a better place than when you started, which is really admirable and great. And for Farewell is not that exactly. It's still definitely is the same style of difficulty advancement but it i'm not getting the feeling anymore that they want me to succeed i I don't (laughs) i don't really feel that they are presenting these challenges with the expectation that i should be able to finish them i don't think most people will be able to finish this chapter at all that's interesting because yeah because like you said you know the the original celeste like that was what i before i played it before I played the game, that's what I heard about it, that it was really hard. But once I played it, and it was hard, but it was hard in the sense that, like, it felt uh, fulfilling, like, when you finished it, and it gave you that sense of accomplishment. So it kind of made you want to continue to get better. And it did ramp up incrementally. So, like, each level, you kind of learned some new skills. So that by the time you got to the final level where there was like, you know, the, the like little 26 mini little things you had to do um, to, to complete the final level, you felt ready for it. But it's like with this one, it seems like they're just kind of like trying to just beat you over the head over and over as much as possible. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely like that. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's, it, the screens are never that long. The screens never have that many, consecutive things you need to do um i i just finished a really hard screen that that took me forever and that screen was four or five consecutive actions which shouldn't be that hard mm-hmm. but these actions at, at this point like four or five consecutive actions in the main game even on the seasides when it got really hard would have been like action one jump at the right time Action two, dash at the right time in the right direction. And now these actions are wave dash, wall bounce, do like momentum conservation, really, really complicated things um, that even one of those things is very difficult. And just I'm starting to view my own skill less in terms of overcoming an obstacle and more in terms of probability. Like, there's a probability that I will um, finish each of these individual actions, and I need to multiply those odds by each other in order to get the probability that I will finish the stage, and it's low. <laughs> it's it, it, it means that like I'll at least have to die 50 times in, until I can finish this one screen and move on to the next screen, well, I, where I will have to die 55 times. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's slow going. In other news, though, and in uh, I, I think more more probably fun to play news, we have 
the both of us been playing some fighting games it looks like there's three fighting games between the two of us <laughs> um i'll start with fatal fury so in a bit of news that we'll talk about later in the episode terry from from fatal fury was announced for smash brothers and i grew up going to like pizza places every once in a while and seeing a neo geo and sometimes i would play metal slug but i've never mm-hmm. played fatal fury i've never played king of fighters I don't really know that world so well. And I saw that the first Fatal Fury game was on Switch for like eight bucks. So I I went for that. It, it seemed like a fun thing to do. And it is fun. It, it, it's fun to um, play around with some really early fighting game technology. Um, my my ta- big takeaways from this are uh, the mechanics are bullshit. Uh, <laughs> they they are not fair they, they don't seem fair at all uh, these cpus are responding to what i'm doing within microseconds of what i when of when i'm doing them um and the combos don't seem to combo into each other ever um but the the aesthetics of it are awesome it for what's seems to be such an early fighting game just the sprite work and and everything the the music and the animations are all really great and they're they're really cool to look at have Mm -hmm. you played any of those neo geo fighting games i haven't no and i've actually been meaning to play fatal fury because i want to do the same thing after they announced uh terry for smash one to play the older ones because i played the newest uh king of fighters and I've, you know, I've seen, you know, those games played in tournaments and everything. So I've seen Terry Bogard a lot. So like, I'm not, I, I definitely knew who he was. I know there was a lot of Smash fans who were a bit confused as, as to who this guy was. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I haven't played the Fatal Fury games yet. And I do want to go back and play them. But I will agree that the early fighting game CPUs are terrible they yeah. are because I, I experienced that a lot with with doing this tekken playthrough with playing the old tekken games um the the input reading that they do is, is ridiculous i'm like i'm hitting you with you know i'll try to mix up with like a low into a high and then a low again and it's like they're they're ducking my my high attacks they're blocking lows you're just like this is stupid this is not even fun at least with the older tekken games like those are console games right so yeah. mm-hmm. um with this it's it's just i i can't imagine it being a kid in the early 90s thing like i've got a quarter let's put this quarter in a machine and it's just gone like you just don't get to have that quarter anymore yeah right <laughs> no one nothing could have prepared you for yeah for for this fighting game except losing lots of quarters yep <laughs> yeah um there, there's also something going on in this game that i don't understand yet which is that, like, it's not an entirely 2D fighting game. Characters can, like, go into the background and foreground a little bit. And when they do, seems almost random. Except that I can't do most of my regular combos when they are in a different three-dimensional plane than my character. Um, and I I have no idea what that means. I, I, I don't know yeah, how I didn't to do it. That. <laughs> I don't know how to change the dimensions myself. If I can, uh, there is nothing about it in the the manual, like the 
the virtual manual that comes with the game on Switch. I just, I just don't know. <laughs> Characters are just doing some stuff sometimes. Huh, interesting. It doesn't seem fair at all. <laughs> just another unfair element of these old games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you've been playing what is probably uh, more fair and more well put together <laughs> traditional fighting game, which is Tekken 7. Again. And I, I'm really excited that you seem to be uh, drilling into this game so hard. Did this start around Evo for you? Um, it started. So it it kind of picked up again with Evo. It it mm. my like this kind of like kick that I've been on. It started like for sure with Combo Breaker. Um, back at the end of May, because the top eight for Tekken was probably like some of the best Tekken that I've seen in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. there was like, if you, if you look up, there's a match, um, knee versus Rixta. And it has like some of the most intense rounds that I've ever seen. Like almost in any fighting game, like they've come down to the wire and there's, you know, the slow, the slow mos that Tekken seven has become known for. Like those happen in almost every round. So like, it was really fun. So that got me really hyped for for Tekken. So I started playing it a lot around then. Um, and then I kind of like switched around games a little bit. And then after Evo, I was like, no. like the, And when they announced Leroy, I was like, okay, Leroy's coming in a couple months. I got to get myself like deep into this game. So ever since Evo, I've definitely been kind of playing it a lot more. Um, and then with this, this week, season three released... Um, with a new character, Zafina, um, who is very tricky. She's got different stances, and she walks like a tarantula. They're called like Scarecrow, Tarantula, and Mantis, I think. So she contorts her body in all these really weird directions. It's it's very bizarre to watch. Um, is she and, out? She's already out? Yeah, she came out on Tuesday. Um, oh, cool. So, and then they, they gave every character a new move. And they did like widespread balance changes for for every character. So a lot, some characters got nerfed, some characters got uh, buffed. So it was like a, a big, big update um, this week. So it's been uh, kind of pretty fun digging into the different characters and kind of seeing who's best and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's been super fun. But I just there's just something about the game that I just can't seem to stop playing. Even when I was playing like Gears of War, the only reason that I only played. Gears of War Five for about half an hour because the whole time I was like, man, I could be playing Tekken right now. And then so I got, <laughs> I finished like the first, like, I got to the first checkpoint. And I was like, I'll come back to this. I need to play more Tekken. <laughs> and then that's where I went. So it's just kind of been, it's it's really gotten a hold of me lately. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely know the feeling because part of why I've been going through Celeste so slowly is because every few times that like. I get to a screen I completely can't get through, and, and, and I know that I'll I can I can do it if I grind for like twenty minutes on the, just this one combo. I think to myself, man, I I could be playing Smash Bros right now, and then I usually do, <laughs> and <laughs> it it's it's a lot happier. It's a it's a much happier thing to do, mm-hmm. um, because Banjo and Kazooie came out, and they are my new best friends, and I've been playing them pretty much non-stop since they came out they've they've definitely become a new main for me oh nice um, yeah i was nervous that they their moveset wouldn't click with me but they kind of mm-hmm. do 
Um, I can tell that they're not like super high tier. I can tell that there's some stuff going on with Banjo and Kazooie that maybe might resign them to mid or low tier in a competitive space. But mm-hmm. I'm not in a competitive space, <laughs> and I'm never going to be good enough for that to matter in my life. So it it's perfect. It works out. Um, they're they're so fun. Have you have you gotten into Smash Bros since this happened at all? I haven't. I I I want to because I love Banjo. Um, and like I I loved playing the games back in the day, and it seems like they've really kind of captured the essence of these characters with uh with the, their inclusion in Smash because with the stage and just their their move set and every the little kind of nuances that they've brought into the the move set from the game, it seems like it's really faithful to the character and it looks like a lot of fun to play. So I definitely probably, hopefully within this next week, I think I'll be able to pull myself away from Tekken long enough to play some other games and uh, try and venture out into the world a little bit. (laughs) Um, They are really fun to play. There's the down special move where Kazooie poops out the grenade egg and you have to, you know, just like quickly figure out what to do with that bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it you can you can pick it up or just drop it off onto someone or just turn around and watch someone approach you from behind and you just instantly drop a bomb straight in their face. It's a good video game. It's one of those <laughs> video games that I I would kiss my lips like a like a chef and say, mm, "That's a video game." Uh, and <laughs> I I'm just really astounded that they seem to be like they're not running out of steam at all with smash mm-hmm. bros every single character seems to be like a complete win every single one of them has been just so lovingly crafted and such such an important thing to at least some people i i know that banjo kazooie like this is my turn for it but mm-hmm. everything like if, if i was a big persona guy joker's done amazingly and mm-hmm. uh and, and simon belmont's done amazingly for castlevania and like the, they, they haven't they haven't run out of steam at all and i'm i'm just excited to see where they go in the future and yeah we can talk a little bit about that as we get into our well our next segment which is going to be <laughs> i hate that i wrote this <laughs> blowing out your brand new south park themed diaper at hot topic they're not all winners <laughs> <laughs> but you know as, as a person with a four-year-old daughter i can appreciate a good uh diaper blowout <laughs> joke <laughs> yeah unlike smash characters not 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 all of these are the best um but the hot topic this week is announcement presentations i want to talk about announcement presentations because we've had two of them recently we had the nintendo direct which is, of course, their, their normal direct style. It's an edited video, very informal. Just some guys in, in front of a camera, slowly and somewhat purposefully boringly talking about <laughs> individual games. Uh, and, and we'll get back to that, that delivery. Uh, but also we had the Apple presentation where they um, talked about a bunch of new phone stuff, new, new watch stuff, and that's all uh hunky dory for for apple fans but we're gonna focus on the apple arcade because that is our area of expertise and that is i i think that's the exact opposite <laughs> of a nintendo direct it's on stage it's very formal uh while nintendo seems to want to be 
making a connection on a on a more friendly level. Apple wants to be pushing prestige really mm-hmm. hard with these presentations. Yeah. Um, and and I just before we get into it, what if what do you think's working better mm. between these two ideas? I mean, they're they're definitely different kinds of presentations for different companies because Nintendo is just. Well, they're just not as big as Apple. Um, yeah. You know, Apple does all different kinds of stuff, and Nintendo just does video games. But I think I think there is a comparison there. Apple could do directs. Nintendo could do stage presentations, and, and they don't. Yeah. You know, I think it seems like lately the Nintendo Direct style of doing these things just seems to be more effective because it just gives people, like, it gives us what we want, up front without any of the fluff because i think when, when you look back at like some of the e3 presentations the ones that kind of fall short are the ones that try and do too much and add in too much fluff but nintendo's just like look here's a 40 minute video with a bunch of games and a bunch of gameplay and we're going to make some announcements and we're going to do stuff and i think that really resonates with people because like there's no filler it's just like game 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 Um, and I think that with the way kind of our society and the way we consume things is kind of like shifting a lot. Like, you know, the, 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 the way Apple did it, like that's the way everything was. It was always, you know, E3s were always these big, uh, you know, on stage, there was always, you know, people in suits and everything was very structured. And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of flashy things and, and cameras and trying and, you know consoles coming up out of the stage and all that kind of stuff whereas you know now we're in this age of you know netflix and and just everything online consuming everything it, when we want it you know and not having to wait for anything so i think nintendo kind of just dialed into that and was like you know what we're just gonna give you guys what you want and we're not gonna give you any sort of filler we're just gonna throw it in your face yeah there, there's definitely um there's definitely also the fact that this Nintendo Direct was very September news, as in, you know, not not huge news. Yeah. Uh, they they did, I think, spend their E3 very wisely. They they put a lot of their eggs in the E3 basket, which is not something they always do, but they, they had a pretty pretty focused E3-centered news year this year. Where Whereas Apple, like, this is the big Apple thing. So mm-hmm. it, it does make sense to be more on stage. As someone who goes to these things every once in a while, I do feel, maybe, maybe this is selfish, but I do feel a, a little bit like if, if you could be in that room or at least see other people in that room, uh, that that does lend to some so, sort of feeling of it being bigger. You know, like, mm-hmm. they the Nintendo, the last time they did a stage presentation was January of 2017, which was the Nintendo Switch big reveal presentation. Mm, that's uh, right. Yeah, I remember that one. They showed off that you can make your Joy-Cons feel like a glass full of ice cubes, and they had some... Uh, they announced Super Mario Odyssey. And just being on stage and talking about Mario Odyssey for the first time and, and giving the release date for Breath of the Wild and talking about that, that uh, console definitely made all of those things feel like a much bigger deal than any one direct in the last 
almost a decade felt like that that felt like a really big day yeah and they could have that more often i don't think it's necessarily the quality of the news it's it i mean that's definitely part of it mm-hmm. that was a big news day yeah. but also it, it, it is the presentation of, of the news the medium is the message there and uh, you, you, you know you want to make sure that kind of thing is preserved well but in in any case nintendo directs are pretty inoffensive usually you can't get too mad at at a direct people do but they they shouldn't (laughs) uh because you you almost never know they're coming in advance it it always feels extra to just suddenly get a nintendo direct Mm -hmm. um but but let's go ahead and let's talk about what was in this direct and then we'll talk about what was in the apple thing so there were a lot of things but i think the biggest deal oh i just forgot one extra thing yeah so the biggest deal of this direct was well okay there's i'm gonna say there's four things i'm gonna let you choose what do you think (laughs) the biggest deal was number one banjo and kazooie were shadow dropped they were previously announced but they were uh held off and we didn't know a release date and that day they said they were coming out in a couple hours after the direct and then they had a trailer for Terry from Fatal Fury and King of Fighters. And they said he's coming in November. And then they said that even more Smash Brothers characters are happening after the Fighter Pass. They decided to elongate Sakurai's tenure. And <laughs> they are not ending at the end of the Fighter Pass like they previously planned. So that's that's number one. All of all of that Smash stuff, and then Mr. Sakurai had a presentation after the direct, where some other stuff was announced, including the Sans Me costume. Uh, let Let's wrap all of that in on one point. Mm-hmm. Number point number two, Deadly Premonition two. I don't know if you played the first Deadly Premonition. Um, I have only played a little bit of it, but I know that this is a huge cult classic. Uh, this is a very mm-hmm. well respected game. Yeah, and um, and and now there's a sequel. Number three, point number three, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is coming to the Switch. It, it's a new HD version of the game. The game's never been in HD before, and also a ton of other ports are also coming to the Switch. Many of which came out that day. Divinity Original Sin two, uh, Overwatch is later, Witcher three. Um, Return of the Obra Dinn, very, very uh, popular games, very well-liked games, but now they're all on Switch. And finally, point number four, if you have the Nintendo Switch online service, you have a Netflix-like subscription to a bunch of Super Nintendo ROMs. Just like you had for the NES ROMs before, now you have the Super Nintendo stuff. So, of those four things, which is the biggest thing, do you think? Um, I think it's got to be the Smash thing. I mean, not just because I'm, you know, prone to fighting games, but I think specifically, well, I'll just say that that King of Fight or the the trailer with all of the SNK um, people where they announced Terry, where everybody, where all of the SNK characters <clears throat> are like reaching out for the for the uh, yeah yeah for the invitation that was, that was, was fantastic. That was one of the best trailers I've seen in a long time, and especially for people who don't the. The one where the guy falls off the building, that guy, his name is Geese. He's he's also in Tekken Seven, 
Um, but he, that's how he died in the original game was he fell off of the tower of like his building. So him jumping off the tower, like after the, the thing and then kind of looking up at the camera as he's falling, was just like a really cool, like homage moment. Um, but I think more importantly, the fact that they're extending the DLC, um, train, because that means that they're just going to be supporting the game for a lot longer, which, I mean, I think everybody always wants to hear that their game is being supported but i think yeah. especially with smash you know as as much as a lot of people in the the re- <clears throat> in the fgc kind of don't like to acknowledge smash like it is a it's very much a huge presence in fighting games and it, and it gets a lot of people into fighting games especially now when you've got characters like terry you know ryu and ryu and ken were already there but now you've got terry mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you're bringing in a lot of these you know these fighting game characters to a huge audience because smash's audience is huge so just continuing to support that and if these characters are going in who knows who we're going to have and you know they didn't say how many more characters are coming but when you've got people like persona characters and banjo and you know now terry bogard like who knows what we're going to get in those next ones so you know it's just I think it's really cool and it, and it's a, a big deal that they're kind of extending this yeah. a little bit. So I would say that the smash stuff was kind of the, the biggest thing, but the other ones are also pretty big. I think the adding SNES to the online is big for the longevity of online. Cause a lot of people were kind of looking down on that when it first came out. Um, so them continuing to add support for the online is also really big. Yeah, for me personally, I would definitely agree that Smash is the most exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because the additional characters after the Fighter Pass, we know that the Fighter Pass characters were decided during the development of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they weren't worked on yet, but they were decided that early. Which means that like if you know Banjo and Kazooie are coming, you wouldn't do a Banjo-Kazooie assist trophy or spirit because you just know it will happen in the long run yeah so for that reason things that are already spirits and assist trophies in the game like shovel knight or uh, spring man from arms or gino from super mario rpg Good old uh, gino. characters that are like well thought of in, in terms of smash speculation with these new characters that weren't planned during development of the main game I, I feel like the they have a chance again, and, and uh, everyone's b- biggest favorite Waluigi was an assist trophy. So this this might mean Waluigi's possible. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Can you imagine he, the internet if Waluigi becomes a character? Oh man. Yeah. What if they do him last? What if he? What if he's the last Smash Brothers character? <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, so so it, it's it's not just more characters it's like a different kind of character now because now nothing's really deconfirmed or at least yeah. i i don't assume that it is maybe they just won't do anything that they've already done in the game just because they don't want to but the same reasons wouldn't apply uh i feel bad passing over deadly premonition 2 here as the biggest news because that is really the only new game announcement and it's a big one. It, it's something people have been asking for for a while. The, the the thing with this is, like, the the direct did it so dirty. It just put it in the middle. And <laughs> it, it, the, like, the narrator guy said, 
And now it's time for some deadly premonition too. Like as, as I, I feel like they don't know. Like yeah. I, they don't even know what they had <laughs> in announcing this game because it, it's not only that it's coming to Switch. Like almost every other announcement in this video was this other thing you like. Now it's on Switch. This is the announcement of the game, and yeah. <laughs> they they really didn't play it up at all. <laughs> Yeah, they just kind of treated it like it was a, uh, like it was an afterthought. Yeah, if you didn't know how important Deadly Premonition One was, I think you would watch this direct and not even clock Deadly Premonition Two. It wouldn't have been presented to you in any way resembling importance. Um, yeah, a lot of people are saying Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is the biggest deal. I, I mean. I, I think that's very cool for it to have a, uh, a a Switch version now so more people can play it because that game had availability issues. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it, it is another port and there's a lot of ports and the SNES games are also ports. And I, I like that SNES games are now available. I still don't like the method in which they are available. I think even though it would be more expensive, I do prefer being able to buy these games and to have them. Um because in the Wii U era, they, they made a big deal of, like, certain prestige virtual console games. Like, do you remember that? When they when mm-hmm. they brought back Earthbound, it was a big deal. And when they, they translated uh, Mother 1 for the first time, and they, they presented those, like, big deals, and they charged a little bit extra. And now that all of these retro games are just kind of part of the same subscription... It feels like they haven't put any of those prestige games or like they, they haven't put any effort into these games to the same degree. Like whatever they have ROMs for, they'll just do. And uh, and that's kind of a bummer. But I it is good that they have SNES games now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we move on to Apple... Do you? It, I remember you saying Goku before is your big Smash character still? Still Goku? <laughs> well, I would have thought that, except for I read a thing yesterday or the other day where they specifically said that characters like Goku won't be put in the game. So, yeah, um, I would love it if they may. I mean, maybe I'll, I'll just I'll hold out hope that that was just a a, a ruse <laughs> to try and pull the wool over our eyes so that in six months they can be like, huh, you thought, here's Goku. Um, but, Poor uh, Sakurai. He, he can say we're not doing Goku. And people <laughs> people are still like, well, he might do Goku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Now, now, honestly, I'm on the Waluigi train. Now that you brought that up, I feel like that's going to be uh, that's going to be the the, the horse that i bet on is waluigi eventually at at some point in this next i don't know if they're going to call it a fighter pass or if they're just going to release them but in this next yeah. wave of characters i think that would i hope be they do another fighter pass I, i've liked the organization for this one yeah because you get like a stage you get music you know it, mm-hmm. it seems very um very cohesive like it, so you know what you're going to get with each release even if they don't do stages for every character like this time around just knowing what is going to be there in advance if not what specific character at least what kind of content you're getting that that's been kind of cool um yeah with waluigi i i think it's happening man because (laughs) 
if I if I would put myself in the shoes of the Nintendo executives who give the okay for these characters, I would look at the opportunity here, which is basically okay. We did this fighter pass of characters. We did this, this round of characters. Now we've decided we want to do more characters. What is the hypest thing right now? And also, what do we have access to in our own IP that we don't even have to do any negotiations for? The answer is always Waluigi. Like that's yeah. the top thing right now. And it would, and people would buy it because like while people have been talking about Waluigi for years. I mean, it yeah. does. It is kind of crazy that he's not in the game because all of the other, you know the main he's one of the you know main characters so to speak but he's not there so i think if they did that that would just be like free money for them yeah i i'm it it seems like they got all the big ones that have been really really heavily requested mega man was that and then cloud um ridley king k rule mm-hmm. banjo it seems like they, they they were the the top requests and um the only one that's kind of on that level now, and it's only on that level, I think, just because everyone else is kind of gone, is Waluigi. So I, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm saying it's a lock. Expect Waluigi. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about this Apple Arcade situation. So the big news from this presentation was the release date, which is going to be September 19th. Um, should be around the day that we post this episode or if not a a couple days before that um it's going to be five dollars per month it's going to be available on iphones ipads uh mac computers and apple tv which is a bit surprising on apple tv because that's a that's kind of a different product but Mm -hmm. it, it is cool that you have all those options i was shown or not shown, I looked up a list of the the 51 known Apple Arcade games that are coming. And I cannot tell you what is supposed <laughs> to be the big deal here. I, I don't know. I don't know what their big push is, mainly because I, I, I kind of skimmed the presentation itself and i got most of my news afterward from from uh different sources that have compiled that news i i want to present a a few of what i think might be the biggest stuff uh so there's beyond a steel sky which is a sequel to the 1994 point and click adventure game beneath a steel sky so it's going from beneath to beyond um what a weird pull for for your new apple arcade getting <laughs> getting a sequel to a 1994 point and click pc game crazy stuff um that might be for for, for real video game nerdy people that's kind <laughs> of important that that's a big funny thing that they did um here here's another one exit the gungeon the it's a spin-off kind of from enter the gungeon it looks like a a they call it a dungeon climber. It kind of looks like Downwell, where it's just a vertical scrolling thing, except you're going up. Um, so that seems to be a big one. People know Gungeon. And there's new mobile things from Frogger. There's a new Frogger thing. Uh, <laughs> Rayman has a game. Sonic Racing, like like in the Team Sonic Racing series. 
Lego has some games, and Pac-Man has a has a version of Pac-Man. Um, which of those <laughs> seems like the biggest deal to you? Well, I think the exit the gungeon seems like sort of significant since that's kind of like a, a you know like enter the gungeon is, is is sort of a mainstream or not mainstream i guess i'm saying because yeah. whereas a lot of these games feel like like your frogger you know rayman lego pack those are more kind of geared towards like the casual mobile gamers exit the gungeon seems like the only one that i think you know quote-unquote real gamers would sort of recognize yeah, so um so that one seems pretty significant i think i i think i agree with that um i put frogger rayman sonic lego and pac-man all together but i i maybe that's a disservice because rayman did look like a substantial thing compared to the other ones where um i mean frogger frogger is always going to be frogger yeah just i don't know i don't understand street. anyone who gets excited about frogger yeah i mean frogger <laughs> it's like I mean, I guess even when when Frogger came out, like it was just kind of like, all right, cool, like cross the street. You know, it's not like there's there's not <laughs> there isn't many way like places you can go with Frogger. Yeah, well, you might. We're getting more Smash characters, so I don't I mean, know. <laughs> Frogger's the next Smash character. Can you imagine if Frogger gets in before Rayman? People would be pissed. <laughs> People would be so upset. Yeah. There's also some other games that are coming to the service that uh, I didn't list because they are not exclusives in any way. Um, things like Sayonara Wild Hearts are going to be on this, which is making quite a stir for itself on on Switch. Uh, it, that's coming out soon, actually. Uh, Earth Knight, which is that game where you stop a dragon apocalypse deal, and it, it's got that hand-drawn art style. looks pretty good. Mm. Um I if if I were Apple, I think I would have put a little more effort into specifying a really important entry in in this collection. Um and and it seems like they care. It it seems like they really do care because a lot of these games Apple ha- Apple's not just curating these and, and putting them on their platform. Apple's funding them in part and, and publishing some of them they want to make sure that these games happen mm-hmm. and they want to make sure that this um service happens but it doesn't seem to have a killer app that i think a lot of good console and platform launches have um you know i'm, yeah. I'm thinking like halo is it was the first xbox game and and super mario 64 and the switch was built around breath of the wild and and such and uh, you know, I'm not seeing anything here, but maybe maybe that's just because we don't have these games yet, and maybe one of them turns out to be awesome. I don't know. I hope so. That'd be cool. Um, do you think you're going to get this service? I think I think I might try it out. Um, like, I think I might pick it up for, you know, like the first month and see, you know, what they have. Because, I mean, like I, I've said on the last episode, like, I like playing mobile games. So, like, if there's fun games on here, and I feel like I'm almost always, like, looking for like a new mobile game to, to just like waste some time on. So if this service, you know, can get me a bunch of like pretty good quality mobile games for that $5, like, you know, it seems like it'll be worth it, but it, it does just kind of feel odd that 
number one that it's a thing at all because like yeah <laughs> a, a, like apple trying to get into like the gaming space i mean i know like you know with apple II, they had you know they there were some some games on there but in this day and age like them really trying to like push into this whole gaming thing is kind of weird um and and like you said there really doesn't seem to be like there's no one title where they're like hey guys this is why you want apple arcade you know it's just kind of like here's a bunch here's like a lot of you know random games but it doesn't seem like they're there's no like real kind of front runner as far as that they're trying to hype that is like yeah. the game that you need yeah, I, I can imagine if you're a really big Rayman fan and you want to play like all the Rayman games, having one is cool. <laughs> um, or if you're a big uh, Gungeon fan, this is obviously part of that. And <laughs> if, if you're one of these real niche 1990s, early 1990s <laughs> point-and-click adventure um, devotees, which I I tip my hat to you, good sir. Um <laughs> beyond a steel sky is going to look pretty appetizing but they are these are niche ideas these aren't these are not things you've you've got some name brands in here and i think maybe they're they're hoping that very recognizable names like frogger rayman sonic and and pac-man are are gonna push that but there those are also things that in at this time in those series lives they don't pull anymore to yeah. that to the degree they used to mm -hmm. they still pull a bit and and they they have name power but uh i'm 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 skeptical i'm skeptical about about this catalog um that said it's not all exclusives again you have things like sayonara wild hearts which are looking good and if you really want to play that on mobile i suppose this is the way to do it it's probably the cheapest option to do it but um but yeah, I, I don't know. I won't be getting it because I don't have any devices that play this right now. Ah, uh, okay, I, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I have an Android phone and a PC, and I don't have a iPad or t Apple TV, so I guess I'm, I'm just out. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, yeah. I'll, I'll be the correspondent for this one then, I guess. I'll, uh, I'll take the lead on, on reporting back on if it's a good buy or not. Great, <laughs> we'll, we'll be excited for a year um for for your next report um i wonder how that sonic racing game is going to be people didn't really love team sonic racing and it i, I it looks kind of like the same thing but it's not team sonic racing maybe it since it's similar. a mobile game it'll like it'll have a little bit less uh it'll have lower expectations so maybe you know yeah I would love it to be simpler than Team Sonic Racing. I I don't love the team mechanic in that game. Yeah, it's kind of odd. If they do a similar game but drop the team mechanic, that'd be pretty cool for me at least. Um, well, that's been our show. You can write into us at podcast at superjumpmagazine dot com. Let's head into the after school activities. <laughs> The after-school activities are, of course, the part of the show where we talk about what you can do between Super Jump podcast episodes, because they don't always happen <laughs> every day. Uh, <laughs> so for me, my after-school activity recommendation this week is the YouTube video, The Tier List, Tier List by Mock Rock. Um, 
tier list videos have been going around YouTube a lot recently, especially since the release of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, where there's just so many characters in that game that it's it's kind of almost clickbait to see a, a tier list of those characters because there's always going to be some hot takes. You know it. And <laughs> this is this is a breakdown of what makes a tier list valuable. And, and uh, it, it it's more interesting and well-written than I ex- ever expected it to be. So go ahead and check that out. That's called The Tier List Tier List. It's by a YouTube a YouTuber by the name of R- Mock Rock, who I don't know anything about so it, it, other than this video. So if he turns out to be like a terrible racist, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. But <laughs> <laughs> with YouTubers these days, you never know. You never know for sure. <laughs> but this one video seems great. So, so go check it out. Uh, Wyatt, what you got? Um, so I have mine is the, uh, there's a podcast on YouTube. Um, it's called the No Frills Podcast. It's uh, mainly hosted by um, IFC Yipes and Chris Matrix, who are two kind of uh, big names in the um, FGC community, specifically with Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Um, Yipes is an EVO champion, um, and he he's considered one, like him, Justin Wong, and then Sanford Kelly are widely considered like the titans of Marvel 2. Um, and then Chris Matrix was a commentator, um, and he's a pretty good player. Well, not on the same level as him, but he's also a pretty good player. Um, but they started this podcast um, a few months ago where they basically just kind of sit around and just talk about FGC stories and just kind of, you know, they'll, they'll bring on guests and kind of talk about, you know, how things were, you know, 15, 20 years ago versus now and kind of how all these guys got their start. And on the most recent episode, episode 22, um, they actually they brought on Sanford Kelly, who is um, seen as one of the best Marvel 2 players ever. So it was just really cool just for them to kind of like talk about that game and just kind of talk about how that is. Because that, that era of games is just a little bit different than the way things are now. So it's really cool just to kind of hear their like sort of like old school thoughts on the FGC now and, and kind of just going through things over the years. So definitely check that out. It's called the No Frills Podcast. And the frills is with an Z at the end. Cool, cool, cool. Sounds good. I'll, I'll probably check that out myself right after this. I want a good uh, podcast to listen to, and I've just exhausted my supply. Cool. Our theme song has been the song Jerome by Jamatar. Thank you, Jamatar. Please remember to subscribe, review us on iTunes, or wherever you get this podcast. Tell a friend. We grow mostly through word of mouth, so all of that is appreciated. Thank you for listening, and stay super! Ooh, ooh, ooh.